So everyone who isn't acquainted with Shweta Gupta Handa, she is... Gupta. Sorry? Sorry, just a little sensitive about my name. That's Shweta Handa Gupta. My bad. Shweta Handa Gupta. Um, she is a leadership coach and a behavioral scientist who comes with two decades of experience, including a senior role in a Fortune 50 organization and as the CEO of an Indian business group. Shweta here specializes in making complex change simple and helps create transformative success with observable financial results. She is also an executive coach with Asit Leap, and some of you may have already been coached by her or have probably booked a chemistry session and are hence acquainted with her. I mean, we possibly could not have a better host for today's session. So thank you so much for doing this for us, Shweta. And for everyone else, Oh, we already have people in the chat box. No problem if you can't switch on your uh, video. Yes, like I was saying, Shweta, thank you so much for doing this for us. Is it just and... the screen just hang? Okay, got it back. <laughs> okay. And for members, um, as always, please feel free to drop all your questions in the chat box as we go along. Um, Shweta will be opening the floor for them during the session as well as after. Okay, are we ready? We are ready. I'm ready to hand over the floor to you, Shweta. All yours. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, guys. Hi. I wish I could see you, but I understand prioritizing audio over video. I hope, I mean, you know, it would be useful if at the end of the session we could get everybody online once. That's like a fun thing to do. See everybody's faces when we're saying goodbye. <laughs> but uh, back to the session for today. So how engaged do you plan to be for our session today, guys? Chat box quickly on a scale of one to 10, or we can, yeah, we're putting up a poll here. How engaged do you plan to be, one being the lowest? So have a few people coming in. So let's just keep the poll on screen for a couple of minutes and then. Uh... Sure. I think we let people tell us in the chat box too. And no pressure if someone says one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I just realized your options are one to five and six to yeah. 10. So we have no way of finding out <laughs> if it was a one. <laughs> Should we just take a look at the results now? Yes. Okay, maybe there's some issue with 
Zoom. Yeah, unfortunately. Sorry oh. about that. I I can just see the results. So all yes. seems good to me. Uh, Shwani, we have uh, one, two, we have 6% who are not planning to be engaged today and 94% who give, uh, give it a six to 10. So thank you. Thank you to everyone who's uh, planning to be engaged for our session today and for the ones who aren't. Well, I hope we can grab you. I'd love to know why, but no one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations allowed for me yet. <laughs> so moving on from there to my next question, uh, how would you partner with me to make this session useful for everyone, including yourself? Just type in your answers in the chat box, please. Am I too loud? No, I think you're absolutely fine. Okay, we're getting some interesting answers. Engaging and being fully present, keeping it interactive, borrowing from each other's challenges and learnings. Thank you. Listening genuinely. That's a big one. Thank you. Contribute to the discussion, ask questions. Sorry, I'm not reading out your names also because I get really bad with pronunciations and I'm mortally scared of mispronouncing people's names. We will leave stuff like that to our Leap Club superheroes. They seem to be amazing at it for some reason. So Vishwani, please take over and read out the answers. I'm sure you're going to do it better than I am I'm handling this. Sure. So of course we have engaging and being fully present by keeping it interactive. Um, genuinely listening, of course, that's a great one, Mandana. Um, Anushka says, borrow from each other's challenges and learnings. Contribute to the discussion where I can. Ask questions. Priyanka's leap notebook is armed for notes. Listen intently and take copious notes is the other one. Dipti says an open discussion. And Shweta says being mindful, listening to you and others and sharing any points that you have. And we have more for by actively listening and sharing. Oh, I like that one by Anavi. She said, keeping an open mind and no biases and ask freely. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm looking forward to a lot of questions, which is, um, you know, I've kind of planned this session in a way that, uh, say, for 30 minutes, I'll be asking you questions. And for approximately 30 minutes, broken up into pieces, you will be asking me questions. The good news is I have to answer as many of your questions as I can. You don't have to answer all of mine, at least not live. You can just scribble down the answers. And I hope all of you have paper and pen handy or a pencil, which is my favorite uh, writing instrument, because there would be stuff that you might want to note down or just think about and take notes. Right? So ready to move on from there. I mean, let's start with my very first question. Why is a session on designing your career pivot important to you? Just write that down. At any point, the questions that I ask you, feel free if you'd like to put your, share your answers with us, but uh, mostly just kind of write it down for yourself. What makes a session that, you know, says, 
we'll tell you how to design a good career pivot or how a coach can help you, which was the second objective of this session. Why is a session on this topic useful to you? What do you want to give yourself at the end of this session? Thank you. And I'm just going to move on from there. Now, what we just did actually was I was trying to make you have a conversation with yourself and the two parts of your mind, basically set an intent for uh, how engaged you're going to be, how you're going to help everyone and why this is important to you. Because very honestly, our brain does not pay attention to the stuff that we don't value if we don't know why. So that's why I had you answer that question for yourself. And now we jump right in. Pivot. I think that term has become extremely popular. We've gone to the days when a lot of us used to hang around in not the same, if not the same company, the same industry, or the same kind of role forever. We hear a lot about drastic career changes. We hear a lot about people doing massive shifts in their career, finding success in very interesting ways, which is why we're talking about this interesting topic. I want to hear you again this time, please type in the chat box, what do you believe a pivot is? What's your definition of a pivot? Shwani, if I may invite you to please read out the answers as they Absolutely. Changing course, shifting or hopefully leaping, as Namita said, a change in direction, a change in orientation, changing the direction or pace of your journey, making an accelerated intentional change, trying something you have potential for, but not necessarily have the credentials for. Um, Akanksha says changing from the defined path of roles or career overall. Uh, Tanvi says changing course from your current position, branching from where you are, changing the direction of your current path. Kritika says that she made a few pivots before pivot became a buzzword. And pivot means making career changes, different function, different industry. Ooh, Parul says stepping into the unknown. And Manya says getting close to finding your purpose. I personally love all definitions. Just want to put it out there. Yep. So do I. Thank you for sharing those with me. So I think one thing we all have in common is that pivoting is about change. Change seems to be the one common thread. And I imagine that's why, uh, you know, we started with the question of why the session is important to you. Often uh, the people that I work with on their pivots or having witnessed a lot of pivots, my own, and, uh, you know, with a lot of the clients that I work with on crafting their pivots, one thing I've noticed, we often start from a place where we want something to be different. It starts from a feeling where I'm like, you know, I've heard sentences like, this has to change now, or something's got to go, or something needs to change, or, you know, we feel like we've outgrown our function, our organization, we've outgrown the people that we work with. That's another reason that I often hear from people, that I just feel I've outgrown where I am. At the other extreme, I hate where I am, hate my boss, hate my peers. So any of those multitude of reasons are stuff that I've heard for why people want to change or pivot. 
it's important to know what triggered that feeling. If it's just a feeling about something's going to change, we've got to go deeper into that and figure out what triggered that feeling. Because if we don't really think first about what is it that we want to be different, we may create massive change, land up in a new place, and be as unhappy as we are right now. Or sometimes it gets even worse <laughs> before it gets better. But that is an, it's an important step to first explore why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Why you're feeling like you need change, right? And we're gonna learn to explore some of that. Starting with my favorite definition of a pivot. This is by the author Blake. It's a purposeful shift in a new related direction. I love how it brings in both words, new because the newness of it is important and related because I truly believe that we need to build on what we already have, right? So talking about lots of pivots, I started my career as a writer and my last uh, you know, job, so to say, was as the CEO of an Indian business group. And no, I did not pivot from being a writer to a CEO. There were a few mini pivots on the way, some of them which were very good ideas and some of them which weren't. That's the other thing about pivots, right? You don't always know whether you're making the right one, but I am, and you know, because I was invited to do this session, I've tried to bring together all of the learnings from the many pivots that I've, uh, I've witnessed and facilitated and also, you know, kind of put it into a five-step structure that will help you design your own pivot, that these are literally the steps you want to go through as you pivot in your career. These are also typically the steps that uh, me and the people that I'm coaching end up going through, sometimes by design and sometimes they naturally unfold as I explore their change and their pivots with them. But it's almost always these five, right? Again, taking us deeper into the whole pivoting thing. I'm sort of going through an anti-PowerPoint phase, but we are going to be uh, sharing all of the information on my flashcards with you post the session. Already type this out and have it ready to be emailed to you but I still believe it will be useful for you to write it down because you just activate more learning when you do that. So designing a pivot is about an intentional methodical process to navigate or nimbly navigate it says their career change. That's the part we often miss, the intentional methodical process. I know there's a number of times in my life when I wished things would just happen, right? Or I wish I would just, you know, one day get that idea which feels right. So, because I can see all of you, a quick raise of hands for how many, uh, how many of you have gone through one of those days where you just wished something would feel right enough that you could devote your energies to it. Okay, so I seem to have some company out there. Hang on, I thought I was the only crazy one. But honestly, successful pivots are structured, designed, planned, which is why working with someone can be very useful 
and also exploring more deeply can be very useful. So coming back to you know what I said earlier about knowing what you want to be different, knowing why it's important to you is very important before you even take the first step, which is my, my step one on designing a purposeful methodical shift for all of us is understand. Breaking that down further, this really boils down to five questions that I invite you to ask yourself or have someone ask you if that works better. Why do you want to pivot? Think about what is it about your current place where you are right now? What is it about where you are right now that is making you uncomfortable? What do you believe about your current situation that is bothering you? If something comes up for you right now, please write that down. What do you believe about where you currently are? And what about that is bothering you? actually have two members who put it in the chat box and said mm -hmm. compensation and stagnancy uh -huh. and slow growth. <laughs> no, we aren't going into, um, because we're uh, hoping for that to be a lot of people. We won't be going into your individual answers uh, with every question, but uh, for some, yes. But moving on to the second part of this question, which is what do you believe about where you want to be? And what about that attracts you? So as you write that down, I'm just going to switch on the plug on my laptop before the screen disappears on me. Ah, there, got that. <laughs> So just your you know, thoughts that came up for you immediately, you can note them down, but come back to these questions later and think a little more about what do you believe about where you are? What about that bothers you? What do you believe about where you can go or where you want to go? And what about that attracts you? If a lot of your need to pivot starts from a feeling. You know, if any of you have written stuff about, I feel uncomfortable here. It's important for you to break down that feeling and think about the source of that feeling. What makes you uncomfortable? Right? If it's about compensation, what do you believe about how you deserve to be compensated? So everything for me leads to another five questions. Right? I'm moving on from there to another very important belief that I have about pivots is that we've always imagined pivots to be this, you know, we jump from here 
to here and suddenly everything's okay. If you started thinking about these questions, I'm sure you're beginning to realize that it doesn't always work like that. And sometimes just thinking about what you want to create in the new place can set things, can fix things to quite a degree. I mean, I actually worked with someone who started from a place of my opinion is not valued here. And when we spoke about what is it that you believe about the place where you want to go, we actually came to a realization that the opinion being valued or not being valued had really had nothing to do with the place they were in. But the way that they were engaging with the place. And we went on to explore about, you know, would they like to experimenting with first, uh, experiment with first engaging with the place they already are? What about that place would make it possible or not possible? So honestly, as you think about this, it can go in any direction. Right? And things that seem like drastic pivots sometimes come from realizing how you like to engage, for example, with an organization. And what is the kind of organization that allows you to do that? Right? The pivots that I have seen and witnessed that came from stagnancy also unfolded in various ways. Some of them unfolded into us knowing how important continual growth is for the person who was pivoting and actually identifying industries and identifying places where that would be possible. Because when you just jump out without knowing what is it that you actually seek from the new place or what is it that you're imagining is better outside. You know, there are times I know I've been in that place where I was stuck in one place for so long that I imagined outside would be different. When I got there, I realized it wasn't that different. <laughs> so anybody gives me reasons like politics and bad bosses, I'm like, okay, let's pause right there and evaluate how political other places are. But uh, yeah, coming back to the next step in our pivot journey. So step one was understanding. Understanding your reasons, understanding your feelings, understanding what you want, understanding why you want to pivot. And sometimes asking yourself, do I even need to pivot? Or do I maybe need to fix that one relationship in this office, which is really getting on my nerves? because I really value the other parts, which I'm not gonna find anywhere else. So sometimes just exploring can take you to that place too. And sometimes exploring can reaffirm for you that nope, these are three things that I need and I need to find a place that gives me those things, which brings me to part two or step two, which is career capital. However drastic your pivot may be, career capital is still important. So even if you're going from say a job to uh, entrepreneurship or vice versa, 
from an entrepreneurship stint back to a job or from, I moved departments drastically quite a few times, right? And I know we have at least one or two people there who've done some interesting things in terms of uh, lateral moves within their organizations. So irrespective of however drastic it may seem, you still want to build on what you're good at. One lesson that I've learned about pivots is that when you pivot too sharply in a direction that's too unrelated to what you already know, what you already have, what your strengths are, what you're good at, your chances of not doing well are that much higher. Which is why my definition spoke about new related areas. Right? So yeah, quitting a corporate career and turning into an actor, musician, all of those things overnight, it sounds pretty great and sounds pretty drastic, but you don't know the steps the person might have gone in on the way. And for every person who decided to do it, I mean, again, uh, because I was told examples are interesting, that's actually a phase I went through with one of my pivots that, uh, or not my pivots, my desired pivots that I gave up on, was, um, well, I mean, taking my, and this was when I was already at a very senior position in the corporate world, Fortune 50 and all of that. And I suddenly decided I want to be a filmmaker. When got my certificate, had my professor tell me that I am brilliant at writing and I would be wasting my talent if I don't turn script writer and director, even made one short film to graduate from the course, but decided I could not handle starting from zero again deciding I could not handle some of the sleaze and I'm being very honest about it. Some of the sleaze that I experienced when I went around talking to people about my scripts and I decided not to do that. Which is why the other important next step for me in a pivot is needs, goals and risk appetites. This is the next part that you want to explore. You want to build a checklist. What are your financial needs? What are your balance needs? What are your goals in the financial space, in the balance space, in your growth space? What are your growth goals? What is your risk appetite? All of these become very important. Right? And now I invite all of you to uh, just pivot with me for a moment. May I invite everyone to uh, just stand up and you can switch off your cameras if you're in your pajamas and you're feeling awkward standing up. We no judgment. <laughs> so I invite everybody to just stand up wherever they are. And quickly now, what does a pivot mean physically, right? A pivot is shifting round. So at the count of three, I invite all of you, all of you, please. I can see some people who are still sitting down. So everyone, Vandana, I can see you. <laughs> so everyone, please stand up and pivot. Just stop wherever you are when you 
would like to, okay, I forgot the count of three, so we can do this again. One, two, three, pivot. Thank you, thank you for doing that. And right, everybody to sit back down. And now we have a couple of polls coming up around that. May I invite you, uh, please, uh, Vishwani, to put up the first poll? Sure. How much did you pivot? 90 degrees, 180 degrees, 270 degrees, 360 degrees? Oops, we actually didn't want the second part up there too. But since uh, this poll has both of my questions, I invite you to answer both of them. How much did you pivot? And how many of your feet touched the floor as you pivoted? So how many people jumped up in the air and whirled, which would be a zero, or kept one foot on the ground, one foot up and went swish? And how many of us what just were on your toes? without lifting our feet off the floor. <laughs> what, if, what if you were on your toes? Like my pivot was like up. So I didn't turn at all. So your, it, it could be on your toes. And I, I will count your toes as part of your feet. <laughs> <laughs> so just fill up the poll there. How much did you pivot? 90, 180, 270 or 360? And how many of your feet touched the floor as you pivoted? Can we have the results up? Sure. And while we have them going up, just you know, to share with you why I asked you to do some of this is if you haven't already guessed, making a point about not all pivots are 270 degrees. I don't even say 360 because sometimes 360 is about coming back to zero, right? <laughs> but because we are all attending a session, a lot of us did that. That may not be how you design your pivot. But just a point about how pivots can just be 90 degrees, can be more than that. And the point about feet, so we had only 5% people who actually had zero feet touching the floor. So yes, there was somebody out there who actually jumped up and twirled. My only uh, you know, thought on that is that sounds very dangerous and the chances of falling are much higher, <laughs> which is my point about pivots too when you completely disconnect from where you are, from who you are, from what your strengths are, the chances that you may fall are that much higher. That's just a higher risk. And most pivots keep that, at least that one uh, foot on the ground. That's you identifying in the context of a career pivot my number one piece of advice, identify your transferable skills, which is why this step that we spoke about career capital, that is about building on, doubling down on what works. With some of the people in the audience whom I'm working with, I actually had them fill up some very arduous, painful templates about what their strengths are all the things they've learned along the way. And no, I don't believe in those quick fix 
instruments that give you your strengths in two minutes. You've got to think about things that have worked for you in your unique life and career history and figure out what you do well. Identify the skills you have that are transferable because your transferable skills will form the foundation of your pivot. Beyond that, your pivot is, and obviously third part, beyond that, your pivot is about using those skills to design and find new creative paths. But build on what you have. Know your needs, your goals. That is very important because that is what will allow you. Pivots, another thing that I've learned, always take longer than we thought they would. Always. Almost always. Let me just qualify that. There is friction. It's change. So it is painful. And sometimes it's very slow. Things can get worse before they get better because you are starting in something new. There are ways in which you can start from a safer place and inventing your transferable skills, you know, kind of putting it all together in new creative ways, rebranding yourself, all of those things help. But you've got to be prepared to stick with it and work on it. Which is why the third, I mean, sorry, the fourth, we've already discussed the third. Once you've figured out what your balance needs are, you got to think about what can you let go of? What are you willing to let go of to make this happen? Like in the filmmaking pivot that I gave up on that I told you about, I realized I'm not willing to give up on the position that I enjoy in my corporate career. I'm addicted to that. Still am though. <laughs> I think I need to self-coach on that. But what are you willing to give up to make this happen? What are you willing to risk? Which brings me to mapping options and risk. That's actually the exciting part. This is where you discover all the things you can do. And I know this sounds like way up there. So I'm going to invite our uh, friends at Leap Club to share this little matrix that I use to help people identify their options. Can we have that up on screen, please? Sure. And we will email this to you. So no worries on that. But just to give structure and, uh, you know, I also believe that most problems in our life can be sorted out with the help of two by two matrices. And a lot of them get created during my coaching sessions and then evolve into something bigger than that. Can we get that up? Yes. Just give me a second. I think my, my Zoom features today are acting a little wonky because I don't even see the poll results, which I believe you guys do. But we could see them, so. I don't know if could, uh, you have to ask if the, I could see them. <laughs> I'm just pulling it out, Shweta, I think in the interest of time, if you don't mind continuing. Okay. And I'll just have it pulled up in a minute. Uh, Sorry, everyone. Yeah. Because that's, uh, so keep trying to uh, get it on. And whenever we have it on screen, I'll talk about it. 
right? Because a lot of what we were going to talk about going forward is this is basically a yeah. So somebody's missed the last point. The last point is about mapping options and risk, for which we're going to give you a simple uh, matrix which tells you how risky which options are. It's a simple two by two which has your role on one end and your organization and industry on the other. So you could choose to stay within your role, within your industry and choose to, yay, we got it on screen, along with a lot of other uh, personal information of the person who's sharing it. And we're enjoying that. Oops, they took it away. I so love peeking into other people's lives, but yeah. <laughs> so this is the matrix that we have up there. In case you're wondering what QuadraBrain is, that's an organization I run which owns the IPR on this. But just simplifying for you, this is a good place to start thinking about your options. You could choose to craft growth within your existing industry and your existing role. You could choose lateral moves, which is where the extend option goes to within the same industry. Right? You don't always have to end up, I mean, whenever we think of pivots, we go right up to reinvent, which is actually the highest risk, risk box there. So you could choose to move laterally. You could choose to what I call the regenerate box, which is about using your existing skills, your existing role to find things beyond your organization, beyond your industry, where your skills and your role is relevant. Or you could, we might discover that what you want to create in your year involves reinvention. And then we're kind of ready for that. We're ready for what it takes. Right, this matrix as it is, is going to be sent to you completely. Right? So one of the things that I like to do when I'm coaching people is work through these boxes, have them identify what their options are based on the goals, their needs, etc., that we've discussed. And then have an honest conversation about the degree of risk and what they potentially need to prepare for before they take that jump, leap, sorry, leap is the only acceptable word, no jumps, <laughs> before they leap. And you know, very honestly, sometimes pivots can be taken step by step. You did a pivot, you actually, maybe you needed to go, actually the reinvent is at 180, it's not a 360. So this could be a 90 and a 90. You don't always need to, you might discover something that you, somewhere where you need to go on the way before you completely reinvent yourself. Right? Which is how I actually navigate a lot of crazy career pivots. One step in this direction that takes me closer to a business role and then end up in the CEO chair. <laughs> so getting back to uh, everybody, that's uh, to the regular screen. If we could, that matrix, like I said, it will be sent to you. Now, this is the point. Now that you have an idea about risk that you'd like to map what your options are, figure out what you're ready to give up, figure out what it's going to take in your case, which brings me to the next step. Explore and experiment. Get out there. Talk to people. When you get out there and explore is how you find out what your options are. And experimenting, again, a very important point, 
Start a side hustle if you have to. Take on a small project. Get a feel of the area you want to move into. So exploring is about generating options in those four boxes. Experimenting is about trying out some of the options that seem exciting from where you are right now. Talk to people who are already doing that. Figure out what it looks like from the inside. If you can take on a temporary project in that area, that works. If you can have a side hustle, I mean, coaching was my side hustle for, I can't, I don't even count the years. I mean, 2006 or seven, when I started coaching, it was still, uh, somebody, some people still believed I taught tuition classes. <laughs> but from then till now, yes, it was my side hustle forever till I realized that I was confident I can make a business of it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yep, so try, explore and experiment before you actually, and this is point number five. So any guesses on what point number six would be? There isn't a point number six, but if there was, what would it be? Starts with a P. Oh yes, Vandana has put it right there, pivot. Now that we've done everything else, now that we've mapped our risk, mapped our options, explored, experimented, now is the time that you pivot or not. So we have to remember that's an important step six. Do I just want to ascend where I am? Do I want to do a 90 degree, 180 degree? Do you even need to pivot? What are you trying to solve through your pivot? Is it a bad, bad boss problem? Is it an engagement issue? Did you break up with someone who still works in the same place? And one of my favorite questions when somebody tells me when they're feeling uncomfortable is also, okay, is it because of something you ate? Or is it because of something that happened to you? In my case, it would most probably be something I ate, trust me. So you've got to ask yourself some of those questions. So as you get ready to pivot, as you answer all of these questions and having someone you can bounce off ideas with, having a coach, I think, I think I've already answered that part. Through all the questions, I'm sure you figured out how useful it is to have someone around to ask you questions. This is one thing that really helps you to have done. This is just my favorite words. Before you pivot, believe it's possible. Believe you can do it and believe it's worth it. And that is often what I would help people explore. Because sometimes pivots fail is because we're doing them because we feel we should do them. But we're still not convinced it's possible. We're still not convinced we're good enough. And we're not sure if it's gonna be worth it, which is why working with someone who's gonna help you figure out what makes it worth it is extremely important.
mean, just before I just jump into questions, we were planning to take breaks, but I just went into the floor with you guys. We'll take all of your questions now. And while you're typing in those questions and Vishwani uh, is going to share them with me, I'm just going to share some of my favorite tips that I've noticed when I've helped people pivot is one is you will have to think about, I mean, I also noticed in our audience there are some rebranding experts. You'll need their help because you've got to inventory your skills and decide how you will repackage yourself to target wherever it is that you want to go. Right? How do you talk about yourself differently? How do you think about yourself differently? Right? These are just some of my tips. When you've identified where, but let's let's say questions. I'm sure some of these tips will just keep, I'll keep throwing them in. I think we had one um, earlier during the course uh, of the session. Uh, I think Nishtha, you had asked a question. Would you like to unmute yourself quickly and ask Shweta that? I'm not sure if Nishtha is still here. Okay. We I also think... have a question from Vandana that... Uh... Yes. Right. Uh, explore and experiment. Yep. I think you already have access to one very useful place that can help you do that, which is Leap Club, right? Because my number one tip is gonna be find places where you can meet people who do things different from, things that are different from what you do. Talk to them, figure out what their careers sound like, feel like. Do different things, look for opportunities, and you literally need to mobilize your, you know, your, your group of people, your friends, your colleagues, people out there. You need to sometimes send out the word that I'm, I'm thinking, I, I want to learn more about X area. And I'm thinking of doing a project on the side. So if somebody hears about something interesting, please tell me. Right. And when you're sometimes when you're looking for jobs or roles, in areas which are very different from where you were. One thing I've learned is conventional routes rarely work. So applying online, sending your resume to HR is usually not gonna be very successful in getting you a role or a profile that's very drastically different from your career history. You want to be able to access it through alternate routes. Professional networking places, LinkedIn, trying to discover where you know, who's looking for those kind of skills and learn to pitch yourself directly to the business. Learn to pitch yourself sometimes in a temporary role. To work your way in, especially if it's drastically different from where you are. Right? Definitely. Figure out what move could take you closer to that place. These are just some of the ways that uh, you ask, you're asking me questions like take and taking a sabbatical help. Again, once you use that matrix to map your options, you'll know some of those things. You've got to ask yourself questions like, is the area I'm entering 
does it require significant reskilling? And then you need to ask yourself, do I have the time and energy to educate myself or reskill myself drastically? There are career pivots that you might choose for which there might be an option like go to a course, get certified, get placed. Right? So there are career options which give you those ideas. Go for uh, another degree, a higher education, something on the side, some course, which kind of helps you position yourself from that, some kind of credentialing or certification. And sometimes we might realize that this is going to require a lot of new learning of a technical area that I don't want to get into. So, Shweta, because we're a little tight on time, um, uh, Anu really wants to ask her question. So, Anu, do you want to unmute yourself and ask? Um, yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for... Thank you, Shweta. I think it was a very enlightening session. The question that I have is I wanted to understand, I've seen a lot of people across when I'm talking to in the industry taking a career pivot because of uh, lack of compensation, the other reasons like work-life balance, learning being intact. Do you think such decisions go wrong or what has been your experience uh, largely only for compensation being a reason looking out in that sense? Okay, I can't see Anu, I wish I could. <laughs> okay, I have your name there. Anu, very honestly, most such scenarios are very unique to the person. So how drastic is the compensation? That's what I said. If you tell me compensation is your reason, I'm going to first want to explore how it's playing out in your life. Is it in a place where you're finding it uncomfortable to exist in what you're receiving? Or do you see compensation as a sort of a representation of how much you are valued or how much your skills are valued? What compensation means to you is the first thing that I would explore. How much it's affecting where you are in your life is gonna be the second part. So there's honestly no one size fits all. And there are times when it could be a good enough reason for us to plan that career change. But again, we would want to go through that matrix and figure out whether we want to target ascension, whether we want to target regeneration, reinvention, just a lateral move that will pay better. Is there some upskilling that you could do and stay in the ascension bracket and improve your compensation? So why you got stuck? Are you stuck because of your organization? Then maybe you need to change it. Are you stuck because of something that you need to do differently? Some responsibilities that you need to be prepared for? Then we work on that. So each one of those reasons could play out. Okay. Depending on what your unique situation. Shweta, is it okay if I share my story now on the same what we are talking? This is Abhirami here. Hey, uh, so I'm actually currently a program manager. So I'm looking, it's kind of, uh, you know, in an organization, for example, it's a grade A, right? It's a, I am now looking at a grade B, which is higher than what grade A in the organization structure, right? So I am exploring that path because, you know, because that is the next level in my program management career. That's number one. So definitely looking at from a compensation perspective and also at a learning perspective and many other things like also i'm stuck in this for four years so it is like multi-dimensional so there's no just one reason so there are multiple reasons playing out and now there are uh, you know until now because my boss very clearly said he cannot give me growth beyond this 80 sorry yes sorry a right i cannot give you b because i don't have a 
uh, opportunities or a business that uh, revenue that i'm making so that i could give you b right so he is very clear so that is why i'm trying to figure out in my other parts of my organization can i get b somewhere in my where my strength is right so uh, so that is fine right because there are multiple areas playing out to pivot my career i just wanted to share because that's something i'm going through right now shweta thank you thank you abhirami for that quick share so that that's one kind of example every that's what i said every story plays out uh, a little differently uh, somebody asked me if i have examples of mid career pivots in fact most of the pivots that i end up coaching people through or working people with are mid career pivots early career pivots are usually much easier even late career pivots so my own example for example i did multiple pivots i mean i was i moved from a line role into a consulting role i then used to lead the transformation practice for ibm in india from there i went back in an unsuccessful pivot to a line role which uh, worked out really badly for me but eventually landed up back as a ceo of a small business group so yes there's a lot of those pivots that happened and uh, you know especially if you're doing the whole entrepreneurship to uh, job and job to entrepreneurship pivot from working to entrepreneurship side hustles have usually helped me a lot so suddenly lo losing regular income can be and suddenly losing the peer learning that a workplace offers you can be very scary so again knowing how much of that how that plays in your life what your goals are those things are important before you make the jump to entrepreneurship and trying it out with a side hustle really helps the move back is also something that i've witnessed a number of times and there again just identifying what you learned on your entrepreneurial stint that is useful to the organization and learning to pitch yourself right that helps Shweta, can we take a little more of your time because we still have some unanswered questions, which I'm going to try my best to take. I love questions, so please, we can. Priyanka, would you want to? The questions are comfortable. We can be around for another ten, fifteen minutes. Sure. Thanks. Hi, hi, Shweta. Thank you so much uh, for the session. I am somewhere between. I mean, I think the steps were really useful, and that's the reason why I'm here to put a process to uh, to the feelings. uh and uh, i'm quite happy to see that i probably have jumped skipped a few steps steps in the middle and already at step number 5 but i think the steps in the middle really help sort of clarify uh, thoughts but my question primarily is i am uh, i am an entrepreneur myself so there's a risk appetite is is i am okay with taking the risk but i have invested 2 to 4 years in this entrepreneurship journey and i'm now reaping the benefits at least financially so there's a lot to let go of in terms of lifestyle and things like that and i'm okay with it so as long as i uh have my finances sorted at least for the duration where i've defined my plan or say i'm willing to put aside 2 years to give this a shot so where does the financial planning aspect of a pivot come in i'm sure it's very important because like you said it's always going to be worse before it gets better so i just want to make a calculated decision Right. and how does how do you go about this that's actually what step number 3 was about needs goals and risk appetite this is where i invite people to draw up their financial goals their financial checklists 
right? And really ask themselves, I mean, once you have your options, which actually came up later, you know how much of a financial risk you're taking. So if it was the other way around, somebody was jumping into entrepreneurship, I would invite them to explore how long will it be before they become revenue positive? Mm -hmm. And how long can they live without that additional learning? So that's where financial, so yes, I'm not, uh, usually a coach will not work for you on actually where you should invest your money. Right. But make sure you're thinking about right. all of that. And you have, and you know, people have goals. I mean, financial goals, in fact, is something that most people do end up thinking about. Right. But what they don't think, uh, end up thinking about are, for example, balance goals, the kind of life that I want. Right. How much of the life that I lead today, am I ready to give up? to yeah. make things work. Yeah. Right. How much of, and this is crazy, how much of the respect that I get as a successful uh, person in the industry am I willing to give up when I go knocking on doors? Absolutely. That's, you know, because there's also a psychological cost to shifts, mm -hmm. any kind of shifts. And being prepared for those is very important. Sure. Uh, just a quick follow-up question is, uh, uh, you know, when you do take on coaching for career pivoting, is this whole financial planning, is that also an assisted process? Is it part of the process? So coaching unfolds where you want to take it. Okay, cool. Thank you. Structures are just to make sure we don't go too much haywire. Right. So again, if you, if you do come to a session and say you want to talk to me about financial planning, First, I'm going to take you deeper into why that's important for you, what your goals are. Sure. But in the end, you end up doing the planning yourself. I give you zero yeah. investment advice. I yeah. do invite you to connect with people who will be able to give you good ideas. Got it. Thank you so much. Sani, you had an interesting question. Would you like to unmute yourself and quickly ask? Yeah, sure. Thanks, uh, uh, Shweta, for this wonderful session. And I think putting those steps in really helps think about like pivot and pivoting in a structured way. Uh, one thing that constantly um, gets um, to you, even though, I mean, it shouldn't is, you know, just reconciling with the fact that you will have to take um, setbacks in your career. So for example, if, you know, your peers are um, at point X, you might be two, three steps back because of the pivot. So how do you, like, what is the way to think about um that um and how do you like go about thinking about that thanks i think that's that's a question that's on most minds often i know it was on mine many times one is sometimes you can plan your pivots in a way that you won't always take a setback which is why my career capital point is is a time where i actually spend the most time on is helping people figure out what their transferable skills are if you sometimes get, you know, it's about, like I said, putting together who you are and trying to find ways to, you know, rephrase, rebrand and put yourself, your experience together in new creative ways. If you can pitch yourself well, sometimes you do not need to take a setback. But again, that just depends on what career you're moving to. Sometimes you do. And yes, that is a process where, you know, you would, we would help someone figure out what, their position and what their, um, you know, what their position, the role that plays in their life. 
and how that affects them mentally and what are alternate ways that they could find to feel better about some of those things. But I think as a first step, we always try to see if there are any sub steps we could take or is there a way to design the pivot so that set, the setback would not be so huge. One, the one area where I have seen people taking, a, you know, have, facing big setbacks is the 360 degree pivot where they went around and came back to the same thing. Super. I think I'm going to ask Anushka next to unmute yourself uh, and ask her question. But before that, Seni, does, does that help? Yes, that helps. And I think what you said earlier about actually thinking about the fact that you can pivot without taking setbacks, it's a good, good one to think about and action. Thanks. Hi, okay, sorry. Um, so I'm just curious. I'm, I'm a compulsive list maker and uh, avid journaler. But um, I find that like the only time I really make big changes is if I'm two weeks removed from my life by the ocean or climbing a mountain and I have these grandiose moments of realization. But then those never really translate into action for me. I come back and I like do something drastic, like say, okay, I don't want to work here anymore and quit, etc. Um, but then the actual hard work begins after. So I'm wondering if there are smaller steps that I can learn to take now that I'm making a switch again um, that don't involve me going hail Mary pass and jumping to the reinvent quadrant right away. Um, just simple practices maybe that can help me um, answer deeper questions in the confines of the four walls that all of us are stuck in this year. <laughs> so that might help. Right. So one is okay, you actually do not create a uh, pivot. I think I noticed you asking that, you know, what is something I can do? But starting one thing that you could do as a practice is ask yourself every day on why you want to pivot. So I'd go back to the questions that I started with. What do you believe about where you are? What about that bothers you? What do you believe about where you want to be? What about that attracts you? And then just go deeper with those questions. How, what are the possible ways I could get there? Right? What do I need to be able to let go of to get there? So just what are the risks I take then? Hmm? That's just a ton of more journaling for me then. Exactly. So, you know, your list making and journaling habit can help hmm. where you do, where you make it more focused. Sure. Instead of a random thing, focus on very specific questions and I could go on. <laughs> In fact, I have a joke with some of the people that I coach that I have a three or five question solution to every problem in the world. <laughs> I was like, as long as they're questions, I'm happy with that. But asking yourself the right questions and also making a practice which says, I am not going to think about this more than one hour every day. That might help. Okay. So allowing yourself to shut down from that on a daily basis, instead of only shutting down from it when you're on a beach, sure. might help. So disconnect from your pivot on a daily basis. Don't think about it all day. Thank you. Yeah, that's definitely very, very valuable advice, Shweta. I'm going to take one last question. Um, Anuradha, would you like to unmute yourself and ask your question? 
Hi, Shweta. I think you already know me. Um, my question hi. was, hi. Um, so great session today. I think I found it to be very, very useful. Uh, I, I was actually, you know, thinking about for someone who's got like a higher risk appetite, because I think at, at some point we realized that, you know, we really have to, that pivot has to happen. Um, how do you factor, like, a, uh, is it is it possible for someone to have like a two aspect pivot, like something where you are doing a geographical pivot, as well as doing a shift in the space, um, you know, shifting from one industry to another? And how does, um, you know, being experimental factor into these spaces? Because a lot of times uh, you also want to pivot, pivot when, you want to work in something that's going to be relevant in the next 10 years. Um, you, you pivot because you, you, you're genuinely conscious about uh, where you want to, you know, where you see yourself in the next 10 years. And you don't want to be in an industry that's going to turn irrelevant. Like, for example, if I'm going to be working with, uh, you know, um, uh, diesel engines today, I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, I'd rather move towards electric vehicles. So how do you, how do you think through that problem? Okay, the last part wasn't, but uh, because there were, I think, three questions or three parts that I discovered to your question. One was, uh, what you said about risk appetite and whether a pivot can be multidimensional. Yeah. And what was it that you were saying in the end, like planning for being in a certain, uh, in the industry that's going to be relevant going forward, just trying to uh, find the question. Uh, yeah, I think my question is that how do you ensure uh, relevance in the industry that you're jumping into? Simply put. So you've actually answered uh, some part of, uh, you know, because the moment you start with saying you have a good risk appetite, mm -hmm. I invite people to break down risk appetite, financial mm -hmm. risk, respect risk, industry risk, what you spoke about. When you say you have a good risk, you may have a good risk appetite for, say, financial risk, right? Or someone like me say, I have a good risk appetite for totally putting my life haywire and doing something crazy, what I do not have a risk appetite for is some other part. So one thing you may not have, for example, uh, a great risk appetite for experimenting with industries that don't seem like they'll be relevant, but they're going to give you a short-term jump that may create something for you in the future. So A, there's parts and parts and aspects and aspects to risk appetite. We first got to break that down and figure out. So if I'm working with you, I first want to discover the parts where you don't have a strong risk appetite because those are the parts that we want to plan for better. The parts where you have a strong risk appetite, great, that's already. On the second part for, with your multi-dimensional, again, depending on your unique situation, what your goals, needs, and risk appetite is at that point in your life, you could choose to take not one, two, but even a multidimensional leap. Some leaps are useful only when they are multidimensional. Or if there are other sources of change that are happening in your extended life right now, because you're one person, right? You've got to see everything that's happening around you right now. And you've got to figure out in your unique scenario, how many dimensions you can handle a change in at that point. What does, what does the geographical change mean for you individually? For some people, it could be very easy. For some people, it could be drastic, right? Or even a balance, uh, you know, a shift in the workday structure or how much balance you have in your life may be very easy for someone, for one person, may be very difficult for someone who, say, uh, 
just had a baby and is trying to find a structure that fits into the structure they want to create. So your unique needs are pretty much going to demand, uh, you know, define. But yes, I have seen people succeed with multidimensional pivots. Okay. Only when they were planned and thought through. The risk really is when we do not think through and imagine the dimensions that may shift because of the pivot. Where we haven't actually imagined that, oh, yep, that was going to change too. Why didn't I think about that? Right? So the occasional times that I get pulled, uh, I get tempted to get pulled back by a big fat salary and a yummy designation. I think about what are the other parts that need to shift for that. And that brings me back down to earth right where I am. So there's, yeah, there, there is a, every now and then you answer the question with, do I even need to pivot with? No, I don't think so. Which brings me to the last part of what you said, relevance. Again, thinking through your pivot may help you discover that I'm actually sitting on a gold mine, which is not doing very well right now, but which is going to be much more relevant going forward. And I just need to sit this time through and create some of the other parts I need through an experiment or a side hustle. So that's again, something that you got to ask yourself. And if there is a particular industry or a place where you want to land up in, for me, it's always, what are all the pivots that you need to do on the way to get there? Got it. Right? But be prepared for a chessboard where you can plan your moves but you got to change them based on what your opponent's doing all the time. And then there are always, now we're all familiar with black swans like COVID's completely changing our lives. That's true. So anything you plan for could change. Super. Thank you so much, Shweta. Um, this was very insightful, needless to say. And actually, a special thank you for not taking us over a PowerPoint. I think we all quite enjoyed the flashcards and how you just broke it down for us. Um, members, thank you so much for being such an engaged audience and participating. Like Shweta mentioned, we will be emailing you all the everything that she covered, um, along with some recommendations. Thank you once again, Shweta. I hope you enjoyed this as much as we all did. Thank you guys. And uh, do I have time to ask one more question? Absolutely. How scared are you feeling to pivot after this conversation on a scale of one to five? Did I scare you or did I make it easier? So five being like, I'm petrified. I don't think I want to pivot. <laughs> and one being now, nah, I think I can take it. <laughs> So since we don't already have a ready poll, just type those in. Yeah, we're, we're already, they're already trickling down. We get a lot, we've got a lot of ones. We've got two, three, four. And we have, five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have four and fives. So I'm going to invite all the fours and fives to think about what is scaring you. And I'm going to invite everybody from the one to five to think about why you may want to pivot and do you even need to pivot? Two favorite questions there. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Shweta. Thank, Thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend. And the recommendations are Leap Clubs. I'm still, I've been too lazy. I still haven't put together reading recommendations for you. If I do, I will share them with you. 
we'll pass them along. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.